0: Welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you are a teacher or administrator looking to change careers, you are in the right place. There can be many reasons an educator is ready to leave the classroom. Boredom, burnout, pressure from parents and administrators, the list goes on and on. If you are ready to move on from teaching, there are many roles in which you can use your teacher's set to have a positive social impact and set yourself up for a fulfilling and rewarding career. Now, let's meet your host, Carrie Conover. Carrie is a veteran educator and ed tech corporate leader turned founder and CEO. So grab your notepad because your new journey outside the classroom starts right now.
1: Today, I'm so excited to be sharing another classroom to boardroom success story. Today, I have Dana Blumberg with me. She was a member of Classroom to Boardroom, but graduated that program because she went from school counselor to ed tech sales associate at Amplify. Dana, thanks so much for being on the Classroom to Boardroom podcast.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Carrie. It's um, good to chat with you.
1: I know I've missed you. That's the thing about Classroom to Boardroom is I get to know all of you so well through our coaching calls and just all of your journey, like following, helping you and following you on your journey. And then all of a sudden you go off into the world. It's like I'm graduating you out of my home. (laughs) (laughs) You go off into the world and then I never get to hear from you because we're all so busy. So today is going to be fun for our listeners, but it's also going to be fun for you and I to catch up. But why don't you give our listeners just the general story of your career and how you got to where you are today?
2: Yes, totally. So, um, I went to University of Wisconsin and I did not know what I wanted to do and I graduated in two thousand one and I worked in like advertising and I knew that I was probably gonna go back to school. So in Illinois the law changed I always wanted to be a school counselor. Um but I knew but in Illinois you had to be a teacher and the law changed in two thousand four and it's basically stated that you didn't have to be a teacher first to be a counselor. So Wait, what? I found I didn't a know that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy? That? That's this is the stuff that drives me crazy sometimes about Illinois and Chicago, like about some of these rules. Like for instance, I'm totally interrupting you. I apologize, but okay, like, I, yeah, when I wanted to move out of Chicago, I had been a teacher for 10 years in CPS and I couldn't, I had to live in the city of Chicago to teach in CPS, and I was totally willing to drive into the city every day and teach. But they have these rules like that where I'm just like, this doesn't make sense to me. So explain so to ridiculous. me. I know. Rule. like,
2: So the rule was that if you, in order to become a school counselor, you needed to have your teacher's certificate. It was like, and I, so I think what happened with a lot of counselors is. Teachers are like, oh, that's a great position. I want to do something, and then they wanted to get a master's, and so they would end up becoming a counselor towards the end of their career. That was like a very common thread in, in a lot of counselors that I talked to. Um, They would become counselors later in their career, um, maybe instead of doing administration or something. So they changed the law that you don't have to be a teacher first, and that you can, just like social workers or nurses, you can get your school service personnel licensure without having the teacher license. So I went back to school. became sorry, a school I totally counselor. Sorry, I yeah. It
1: just No, that's all right rules. No. It's to, I like but don't they don't make do sense some of these to me. But, okay, so you went back to they school. They don't make
2: there's a lot of rules that don't make sense. So I went <laughs> yeah. back to school, went to DePaul, um became a school counselor. I got a job in Chicago Public Schools and um I loved it. So I loved what I was doing. I was working with students and um my yeah. second year in, I got this really great opportunity to my school was closing, Chicago's crazy, but to work at a school that was opening as a new neighborhood school. So like my principal hired me as like one of the first people we, he hired and we got to literally open up a neighborhood school. So it was like super, it was amazing. It was a really unique experience. And, um, I was there for nine years, had an amazing administration. It was a really great experience, had my kids and, you know, they were growing up my principal retired. I knew that it was kind of time for me to move on from that school. And um, I got a new job and I started, it was, I started not feeling so happy. Um, I felt like very constricted in my role. I was at a different school. It all depended on what my principal was comfortable with. And I was at a very large school. I was 900 students. I was the only counselor. And um, I was starting, to, I would say, bur- feel burned out a little bit. Um, where I wouldn't be excited to go to work. And I used to love going into work and going to school. So um, there was, I feel like there was a perfect storm in 2019. There was a teacher strike for the second time in Chicago and we were out for two weeks. It was, it was pretty stressful. Um, And then, you know, then the pandemic hit in 2020 and I decided I got my administration certificate like 10 years before that. And I was like, I think it might be time for me to take an administration role um, I need a change. I'm not ready to leave. And then I took this administration role too, like in 2020 to 2022. And it was not a, it was a pretty unhappy experience. It was a difficult experience. And I like had, my gut was saying that I was time to move forward and move on. And that's what I started to do.
1: You know, it actually, fun. I'll start it. It.
2: Yeah, go on. Yeah. I was just
1: going to say, it's how many people, including myself, you kind of max out the classroom or max out your role you've been in for a while. And the next, the the only other thing we have to look at is being an administrator. And so, so many people go spend thousands and thousands of dollars to become an administrator and it works well for a lot of people. But someone like me, like that was, I thankfully realized that wasn't going to be happy, but your story, that was not going to make me happy, but your story- is like a lot of people where they want more and they try admin and they realize actually this isn't doing it for me either.
2: Right. So like the first year I was like a honeymoon, like it was great, but that, but it was also COVID things were very weird. The second year it just got like very toxic and I realized like this isn't about what's best for students. I think this is the case, a lot of districts. It, it felt like there's a lot of politics and it was just like not I felt like it was going against what I believed and that felt really, that was really hard for me. Um, just some of the decisions the district made, it was just, that was, I could have a hard time reconciling when something um, goes against what I believe or what, what is best. Um, and so I kind of like wrestled, I was like, huh, what do I do? So I, it's funny. I met somebody on vacation who was in ed tech and I was like, hmm. and we like kind of stayed in touch and I got some advice from her and and I, so come March, um, I had sort of made the decision I was going to leave the district regardless, and I looked at some other jobs, and I interviewed, and I was like, this is not what I want to do. So that's when I contacted you, Carrie. It was like March, April, um, and I was like, I think I'm ready to take the next steps.
1: Well, and it's interesting. We knew each other through someone that I taught with in CPS. Yes. So we, yes. Oh, yeah. We they, my friend, our, yes. Yeah. And actually, let's talk about Jason and because it's a perfect segue, like, um, you know, how did you know you wanted to do something other than teaching? I know you were doing several things on this side, including a yes. business with Jason. So talk a little bit about how you realized, okay, this is time for me to move and this is what I want to do.
2: So I grew up with like a dad, my dad has always had a business of some sort and I've always had sort of an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I've always like, oh how can I make money doing something like rent? I don't know. I'd always was looking a way to like make money, because you know, in teaching or like counselor, you can't make more money like unless you work more or work after school. So, right. and it just was always fun for me. So I've always had like a sort of a couple of side businesses, random things. Um, But the most recent one was um, my friend Jason, who knows Carrie as well. They used to work together. We um, during the teacher strike, we sold shirts. And um, we started like a real business and we started an online store and it was super exciting because we got like a lot of press and we also had people that really liked the designs and it was just really, it had a message too for strength among educators and, um, you know, sent a message and it was really, it was really fun going through that. And I was like, wow, this is so exciting. I couldn't sleep for weeks, like in a good way. Like I felt very energized and very inspired And, um, and so Jay, what's interesting about the friendship, Jason and I were friends, he knows Carrie and, um, he's actually no longer teaching as well. He's gone into real estate, which is also interesting. Yes. But, um, he told, he was like, call Carrie, she's going to help you. And I'm like, all right. And, um, so I
1: did. (laughs) It was fun because Jason actually was kind of my (laughs) Guinea pig for classroom to boardroom. Um, that's interesting he was one of my first people that I was like I'm a, I think I can make this work um so he had seen you know and I had gotten him a couple interviews so that was super fun but um yeah
2: I that know, was very fun yeah
1: I do think I also had that obviously entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. spirit but I think that is a good sign and it 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 it's a sign that pointed you towards sales I think ultimately yes. right is ultimately that yes you I knew yes
2: So like I, you know, I've talked to a lot of other educators and they're like, what are you going to do? Like when I was leaving my district, they are like, where are you going? I'm like, well, I don't know yet, but I know I'll be okay. And I'm going to look and I'm looking in sales and they're like sales, really? But I knew that that was what I wanted. I really wasn't interested in doing like instructional design or even customer success. That's just not my personality is like, I'm like a, I guess I'm like a hunter. I look for stuff. I love the strategizing and the excitement of possibility to me is um very motivating you have and a little um, bit of
1: like pit bull in you but like a super quick no more like a little cute bulldog in you I think well that, thank like, you I'm
2: not as much of a bull but yes like the but I'm not aggressive I'm no, more like, like a cute little a friendly little t- bulldog. Yeah. but
1: that like like you have that grit and like tenacity in you that I think is like what makes thank you, you. yeah details, and like you don't give up on things so I true um I definitely saw that when we first started talking. I'm like, I could definitely see the sales in you because you have that spirit, and you, and also you've done sales through your t-shirt business and your yeah,
2: di- and different, yeah, in a different way. And I yeah. felt like yes, I was always trying to convince people of things that they didn't necessarily believe, or you know, or they didn't know they wanted to know about. And um, yeah, so and you also helped me see that too. That like in us talking, that that spirit is that's in me. That my natural. Like enthusiasm and excitement or like curiosity is something that's a good thing, which I know we'll probably talk about this a little bit later, but just like that's a, some natural qualities that I have that I didn't think
1: always served I didn't think they always helped me in in being an education well, I which they really gonna, should. I was just gonna say that because you know, there were situations I was in as an educator where I was given creative freedom and I was trusted and you know, I, I wasn't I didn't have to follow a script and all these things. But there were other times where we are very restricted, right? And with someone mm-hmm. like a personality that's a think outside of the box. Let's do this yes. let's do it. Let's do it right. Like that yes. doesn't always work well in the school setting.
2: You're so that is so true. And I've thought been thinking about that a lot. Like with one of the thinking about like how I'm looking at myself and reflecting. You're right. Thinking outside of the box isn't always Really embrace is it always embraced in education? It
1: depends on who your leadership is, right? And totally. On- yes. Yep. Yes. And I yes. the first school I worked worked at, we had like we did Success for All Reading Program, which is like a completely scripted program. And I was like, I would like hide in my class I would do that really quick so I could say I did it. And then we would do guided reading with like the door closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh I cannot read this script every day. I'm not a robot. But anyway, okay. So Let's talk about the guilt of leaving teaching. Um, I would love to. Do you feel guilty? guilty? Like, talk, I
2: honestly, I have to be honest, I don't, and I'll tell you why. So, I've had a really rough few years. So, um, in May 2020, my mom passed away, it was very unexpected. She had cancer, but she died during a procedure, and so it was a very big shock to our family. Like, we were not expecting her, she was only 68, and um. So that has been something I've been just, you know, um, dealing, coping with over the past few years. And, you know, my mom, my mom was an educator as well. She worked in Chicago public schools, So we had a lot of that in common and um, she would support me a lot through that. She was retired, but, and so that's one thing that I've kind of been dealing with the past few years and as my own personal journey. And I've also feel like I was really, when I was younger, I was looking for a purpose. I was looking for, to find that, like, deeper meaning. And I feel that I did get that out of education, but over the past few years, I've realized that I've sort of need to focus on my family and my kids and just our unit, our nuclear unit and provide that support there. Cause we don't have my mom. It's almost not that my, my mom was part of our nuclear family, but you know, our, my parents were very close with us. So like, I realized that I just needed a different sort of focus. And so I don't feel guilty in the sense that I've left um students. Um I felt a little guilty about you know, some of my friends and colleagues that I'm not in it anymore. But um I don't actually feel guilty, which is I, <laughs> I don't, don't I, I don't. don't. Because I yeah, I don't really feel guilty because I feel very like I'm still I mean, I've been in, I'm in schools
1: almost every week.
2: I don't know. I do feel like in a in a sense it's like a I am still doing something. It's yeah. just in a different way. Yep. Yeah.
1: And you so, gave a long you. you
2: I gave 15 long, years. Yeah, yes. Exactly. And um, so and a lot of those relationships are I've made with, um, my, you know my colleagues or even some students are still some of them are still intact. So like some of those meaningful relationships are still there. So now I'm ready to pass the torch. <laughs>
1: So how did you, (laughs) can you walk us through what you did, um, maybe speak a little bit about how Classroom to Boardroom helped you transition?
2: Okay. So before I went to, came to you, Carrie, I had seeked out somebody to help me with my resume because I wasn't sure if I wanted to leave education, but I wanted to like beef up my resume and I just knew I didn't have the, um, the time or like the focus. I wanted some help. I wanted to outsource that. So I got some help and that was super helpful because we kind of also narrowed down that like we talked a little bit about like which way I was gonna go in ed tech and so I did that before I talked to Carrie. And then when I started I, when I talked to you, Carrie, and we started meeting what I found from classroom to boardroom was most helpful was one, learning the field. Like those modules, learning I watched some of them multiple times, learning the sales cycle, learning the buzz keywords. And I would I sounded like I knew what I was talking about. And I'll tell you why I think I know it helped me because om- I think every interview that I went on, that was in ed tech, I got to a second round. And in fact, there was a couple of interviews that I decided not to move forward with, with your yeah. help, but yes. And um, so the modules were super helpful. And then what was even more helpful was your contact with companies, because you know us and you've kind of vetted us so you can put our names in if people are looking for, um, you know, people that are leaving the, you know, education field, but also prepping me for interviews, like that was so helpful on so many levels. Now, I met with you. I met with Carrie a couple times in preparation for some of my interviews where I had to actually do a sales presentation, and I did not know what that would entail. And it was, I had to do a sales presentation for multiple interviews, and. Um, that was the best learning experience I think I had in, and from classroom to boardroom because you and I got, you got to tell me some things I needed to work on and some things that I needed to, that were good. You know, it just was, it provided me so much good feedback. Well, and
1: and that's why when people come to me that aren't in classroom to boardroom and they're like, can I pay, will you be a one one co- on one-on-one coach? I don't do one-on-one coaching. Sometimes I have openings in my schedule and I'll do one-offs. But usually, so this is what happens. If someone comes to me and I am able to fit them into my schedule for a one-to-one coaching session and they're not in classroom Mm -hmm. to boardroom, 99% of the time when they get off the call with me, they go by classroom to (laughs) boardroom.
2: Because- Well, yeah, I think that's what happened with me. Yeah. I did a one-month thing. Yes. Yes. And you were like, Dana- you need to know this for your interview. Cause I had an interview coming up yeah. and then I was like, fine, I'm going to go buy it. And that yeah. was the best thing I did. Well, anyway, And one other, yeah go, go ahead. On. yeah, go ahead. Okay. Another thing is what I really also found to be extremely valuable was the calls, our monthly calls. Yeah, so the- Carrie does a monthly call for her um, boardroom people and being on those calls so great because there's like many tips and you're going to take away different tips, you know, whatever applies to you or what you find to be helpful. And also hearing other people's stories is, is nice.
1: Yes. And I connected with a few people. Yeah. Yeah. Or have, yeah, yes. Well, and it's interesting back to those coaching calls with you, Dana, it's like, The reason why I require people to be in the course to do coaching with me is because then you, when you came to me to get help for your interviews, I wasn't trying to teach you what a sales cycle was. Like you knew it because I taught you all on the course. What we worked on specifically in that coaching call that I remember mostly is actually kind of getting you. I didn't, you knew the stuff from the classroom to boardroom. That stuff was in your slides. You were there, but like just you taking a deep breath me infusing you with the confidence that you could do this mm-hmm. and then also helping you just narrow down what you wanted to do. And that happens a lot where people are trying to do too much in these interview presentations. Yes. So we scaled it back. We took a deep breath. I infused you with the confidence to do it. That wasn't a time for me to teach you about ed tech, right? Like, right. Right. It was
2: about, it was, yeah. Yes. And that's what like that and, that. and that's like the work that has to go into the, if you, if you want to leave is like, you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of people, even since being out, I've already gotten some people like reaching out to me and um, they're like, what do I need to do? I'm like, first of all, it's a lot of work, but you can do it. And I often will refer them to you, but like doing that work and learning about the field and learning all these, it's, It's definitely a process and it takes a little time. You got to be patient, you know? You need to be humble. I think now I see more more
1: recruiting with more companies and like I'm getting feedback on people or whatever. It's like, yes, you have a lot of great experience as a teacher, but you don't have experience in ed tech. Like you don't. So be humble and say, I'm going to learn. Um, But a lot of people actually, and I see this on LinkedIn, it drives me crazy where people try to like inflate their experience work history or their, um, skill set. Uh, and that's a big, yes. no, no, it's a big turnoff. And you didn't do that. You're like, this is what I got. I got a lot of strengths and I'm ready to learn.
2: A hundred percent. So there's one thing I am willing to learn. And I think I'm, I, I'm not one of those people. I don't like to pretend I know something when I don't, um, because it just doesn't make me feel comfortable, but like, cause I'm, I'm like a very genuine person and that would be just not genuine. I just like it naturally, but I just great asking tons of questions. And, um. I didn't pretend to know it all or even pretend, um, that I was like the best can, like I knew that all the other can, I had a feeling all the other candidates were really strong, you know? And so I was just going to try and do my best with what I knew, you know?
1: Yep. Well, why don't you tell us like, so you're working at Amplify, which is a very, okay. I'm working at Amplify. Yeah. As a salesperson. And so, yes. And
2: so. So basically, I, I'm in Illinois and I am supporting our account executives in Illinois who are in charge of, I mean, basically getting all the new business. And But I report directly to a field marketing director. And so a lot of the job is for prospects helping my um account execs target where they should be looking because their territories are really large they have several hundred districts um so like and how do you make sense of that you know it's it's a lot to learn and what we sell is core curriculum so we sell um you know english language arts science math um we have some intervention programs and so we're selling the core curriculum so it's a long process and um so just keeping I, so we kind of keep track of where everything is I look for new leads I go to conferences I'm working with our marketing coordinator um, just for an example we're doing we're planning something for um, about reading because all of our curriculum is based on like the science of reading so we're doing some things government agencies we're like trying to make connections and so that doing a lot of outreach in the state of Illinois because we don't have a big footprint and so that's what's a little bit different about this position which is it's been really fun. Um, I've been to like a bunch of conferences. I'm trying to make connections with um, different organizations that are relevant to, you know, our curriculum. And so it's some of that work as well, which is a little bit different than just prospecting. But I also just do prospecting too. Yeah. yeah,
1: You're using all the teacher skills in this job. And I think that's the misconception of sales—it's not, you're not selling a broken down used car to someone. <laughs> you're selling no. tools that teachers are going to want in their classroom. So
2: and what they need, yes. And so, and I would say about half the sales team used to be educators. Well, at least in my territory, and ha- about half of them didn't. So it is a nice mix of educators and non-educators, and so they really look at all of the perspectives, which is, which I think is one great. Thing about the company is they really they care about what educators in the classroom they want that input
1: yeah so tell and me a little i think bit, that's like in your day-to-day work let's talk about your skill set that skill sets of what you need for your role so talk a little bit about the soft skills and then the hard skills that you use in your role
2: okay so soft skills like
1: um i'm very curious
2: i like to ask questions so i have to find the right person. Where do I need to learn about this? Teach myself something. Um, I'm really great at making connections and talking with people. So those are other some other soft skills. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I feel like all my day-to-day, um, getting along well with others, working on a team, it is so interesting because um, the amount of positive feedback that I've been getting is, like, I've never had positive feedback, you know what I'm saying, like this, at least in education, I feel like. So, some of those skills, I feel like, um, it sounds almost like common sense, but a lot of that, even my organizational skills, which, I I wasn't a teacher for a reason. I am not, like, the most organized or structured routine person, but, like, I'm a lot better than I thought, (laughs) and being in, working for a school district forces you to be a pretty organized person. So, like, I don't know. Those are, that's something I was actually a little bit surprised about. So.
1: And then what about some of the hard skills that you use? Oh, the hard skills. I would say
2: my like pedagogical, pedagogical knowledge. Would that be a hard skill? Yeah. Like just that knowledge. So there's no, I would say there's no substitution for that knowledge. Like I've had 15 years of working in the schools and like, that's a long time to gather and see trends and see how things play out. Um, I would say some of the hard skills, learning all the new sales, the stuff, like the programs, all the software, um, like my writing skills using those a lot. I would, that's a hard skill. I think too, yep. um, yeah. running reports, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So like I am a very curious person, so I like to try things and that is also something I love about being out of education is we're encouraged to try something if we have an idea
1: and, um, I love being able to do that, you know. Yes. Back to us being confined sometimes. Okay. Yes, and I
2: and have other people said that that felt like confined or restricted in the in the role in, as educators. Is that I'm common? Not,
1: I'm not like I'm, nothing's coming to mind, but it's reminding me so much of myself, like how I. That's feel. so funny.
2: I I used to say that all the time. Like I remember, like three, four four years ago, I'd be like, Oh, I just feel so constricted. Like I can't do what I really want to do. Yeah. You know?
1: Cause I was such yeah. an innovator in my second school that I went to, I got, I could do whatever I wanted. And that's how I got to have some of the first iPads. I was constantly leading professional development. Um, it ultimately is what led me to my first role outside of ed tech because I became this tech leader, but my first school, yes. because it was a title one school in the early mid two thousands. Um, There was a lot of rules and regulations and programs for no child uh, left behind. And so their solution was let's make teachers robots. Um, Yes. And so that is not me. Like, if you know anything about me, I'm the opposite right. of that. Like, so anyway. Right, um, right. But I am. I know what you're saying, I yes. you. Like, by my 10th year of teaching, I was, like, on my preps, like, laying my head on my desk. Like, I'm literally bored out of my mind. I've been, like, put in this box. I can't do it anymore. Yes. But, yes. Okay. I can see that, yes. Let's talk about... Just any final advice that you have for teachers, administrators, educators, maybe that are listening to this podcast today and thinking like, I, I at least want to start exploring this. Like, what advice would you give them? What are kind of the
2: I would say, you know, reaching out to people, make sure you're on LinkedIn, but somebody gave me, I talked to somebody actually, now I'm remembering right before I talked to you and and it was there was a ed tech company that worked with my district and I, and I was sitting for a presentation. This was like last fall and I remembered him and he was awesome. And I reached out to him on LinkedIn and he let me talk to him and we talked for like 40 minutes. He let me, he's like, yeah, of course I'll talk to you. And he said to me, as many people as you can, it doesn't, who can like that. If they're in a company that interests you or a role, some of them will let connect with you. Some of them won't. Don't worry about it. Don't, no one's going to, think of you differently, just do it. And I listened to that. And that was one of the best things I listened to because I did it. And some people get back to you. Some people didn't, but I met some people in the field, it was just really a helpful thing. And also made me realize, don't be afraid to reach out to people. If they're working for a company that you like, they may not be able to help you, but they're going to give you some insight that you didn't know before. Yeah. And you know, and it can happen in a very short amount of time, 10 minutes, five minutes, talk together. But like, there will be people that are willing to talk and also don't give up. And, but you, it is a lot of work. That's realistic. Um, but don't give up just because maybe you don't, you're not going to get some of the jobs. Like I did got turned down. I made to the final interview in two positions and I didn't get them. And I'd done four rounds. I did sales presentations and I was sad about it, but was part of the process like I had to go through those because I learned so much because those set me up for my interviews that at Amplify and that's it put me in a better space there so like I ha- you can't go around it you got to go through the process yeah it's so important and that is part of the transition
1: is the process 100% agree that's great advice yeah. Okay, good. Thank it. you yeah. so much. It was really fun to catch up and reminisce, and I'm really proud of you. How far you've come, and thank you. Um, just the successes you're having so early in your new career, and thank you for being here today and spending your time with all of us. Well,
2: thank you, and I will tell you one other cool and exciting thing is that, um, which is something I couldn't have done before. So um, I got, give was given the opportunity to go on this trip. To Israel. I told you this actually on a, on a call, but I got this opportunity to go to Israel with a group of women and it is right after Thanksgiving. And I never would have been able to to, to take the opportunity had I been in a school and I'm able to do it. And I'm like, wow, this is a really exciting opportunity that I couldn't have done before. And yeah. like, that was just something else. I, it's just, it's nice to be able to say yes. I feel like I always had to say no to stuff, you yeah. know, You're during the yes school year. You're saying self. yourself. So, Yes to myself. Yes, and it it feels good
1: for well, one I'm to, put proud your, of to you. and I'm but You're right. so much happier. Like that is the thing. Oh, yeah. Difference in your happiness level just talking to you is night and day from when you first came. Well, to thank
2: me. you, Carrie. You've been no, you've been such a great support and help. And um, you your program's awesome. And I will tell you another thing is is mention Carrie when you're interviewing. Mention or at least mention classroom to boardroom. And let them ask you about it because I got to do that. And people that interviewed me were impressed and they were like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, that's really, we should know about that. Yeah. So I highly recommend mentioning it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I say, put it on that resume, put it on that LinkedIn. A hundred
2: percent. It looks, yes. They so they follow, want to see you've done some
1: more. Thank you, Carrie. Um, and, <laughs> You're welcome. You know, and those of you that are learning or those of you that are interested in learning more about Classroom to Boardroom, you can head to carryconover.com or ClassroomToBoardroom.net to learn more about my programs and Classroom to Boardroom. Until next time, take care.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast.